0: Hey, got to be careful. There may be a camera somewhere. People have found that out the hard way. Not a fun thing to experience for sure, especially if your name is Hunter Biden or uh, Prince Harry. Anyway, welcome to uh, hour number two. We've got a big show for you this hour and looking forward to our guest. Elizabeth Pipko, supermodel, will be with us. Uh, We are also going to enjoy some more music uh, from the one, the only, Lindsay L. in Music Spotlight tonight. And The World's Funniest Cop is scheduled to stop by before we're done. So we're looking forward to all of that. I do want to get to some serious stuff tonight, though, because we are all about the uh, breaking news. And there is no story that has been probably bigger uh, over the last two years consistently than the uh, terrible, terrible circumstances found at our southern border. There, there have been literally millions of people that have come into the country. We don't know where they are. We don't know how long they've been here, how long they're going to stay. We've given them some desk uh, tickets to appear. I'm sure those are working very well. But then the government came out and announced that they had lost track of all of them that they would given out. So I'm not guessing that we're going to see a ton of those people show up for their court dates. Could be wrong, just my take on it. But I'm not the only one that is concerned about it. And it is good when people that you ideologically disagree with actually see see things the same way you see them. At least if you uh, can come together on the things that you seem to agree upon, then there's there's the faintest hope in this tribalized world that we have of somehow getting along and getting something done. And this happened this week. This week, the, the mayor of New York City, which is, I don't know, kind of a big job. Being the mayor of New York City is kind of bigger than most gubernatorial offices. It's a bigger budget than uh, some states. It's got a bigger budget than some countries. But anyway, Mayor Eric Adams made a, um, made a journey, uh, went on a mission, if you will, To see the southern border and what was actually going on there. Now, someone else went to the southern border just a week ago. It was the president. And did you see what they did? They cleaned everything up. It was all super nice, spit and polish everywhere. Uh, There wasn't a homeless person or a migrant to be found anywhere in El Paso. The streets were pristine because the president came. Now, once the president got up out of there, they said, okay, he's gone. but Everybody's back. And then Mayor Eric Adams said, well, I'm coming down. And they're like, yeah, you're just a mayor. What do, you, what do we care? Get out of here. So he went down and he saw he saw the real thing. Um, in fact, he was shocked by what he saw. He said, "And and you have to feel for this guy. He's the mayor of the biggest city in the country. And he probably understands a little bit about the pressures of the job. So he goes to a city and he says, it's impossible to say that you're not overburdening the city of El Paso. And I'm sure he felt much empathy for the mayor of El Paso. He said, how do you spread out this obligation, this national obligation that we have? El Paso is a beautiful city, he told reporters. Visually, it's a beautiful place. The city was overrun. It was unbelievable how we undermine the foundation of that city as they're grappling, like many of us are, with real problems. And so then he did this, and it was amazing. He called for a national czar for the border. A national czar, someone to head up the work, the focus of what should be going on at the border in the office of a national czar of the southern border. Now, some people laughed at Mayor Adams for calling for that because we do have a national czar. The national czar was named by the president shortly after coming into office within the first, I I want to say first week, first 10 days, something like that. He named a person who has served in the office as a national czar for the border issues ever since. Do you have any idea who it is? Neither did Eric Adams. The problem, in fact, may extend to the point that even the person who is, in fact, the national czar may not know officially themselves that they're the national czar. Because the national czar is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris was back on the southern border this, in the south this week in Arizona. She was asked... If she would visit the border while she was in the state of Arizona, a border state, she said, nah, I've already been, no need to go again. Been there, done that basically was what she said. I don't know what it says about our country and where we're at, but if a major Democrat like Eric Adams can see the problems on the southern border and yours truly can see them too, surely We can develop enough national will to at least get the national czar to do her job. Maybe, if we all come together. One more story I want to get to before our first break. It's a disappointing week for Alec Baldwin, the actor. He was charged officially with two counts of involuntary manslaughter for the death of Helena Hutchins. The director of his film, Rust, where he shot her in the face with a gun that was loaded. Now, the situation surrounding the gun, how it got loaded, goofy kids on the movie set going out shooting cactus in the desert at night when they're not shooting, all that stuff. Yes, did someone put bullets in that gun. I don't think Alec Baldwin did that. But I also don't think that Alec Baldwin's attorney is helping his cause because he released a statement this week that said the decision to charge Alec Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter, which is a greatly reduced charge for murder or manslaughter, he said this decision distorts this terrible situation and is a terrible miscarriage of justice. Now, to be fair, Alex armorer on the film set is also getting charged. She's charged. Alex charged. It could be 18 months in prison. I don't think Alec Baldwin's going to serve 18 months in prison. He's got lawyers. He's going to get off. There's going to be some deal made and he'll walk. But for his attorney to immediately go to the public and say, this is a miscarriage of justice. Let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in because, no he didn't load the bullets into the gun. And the bullets shouldn't have been there. But it's Alec's company that took out the LLC on the movie. Basically, every movie that's made is turned into a corporation. So Rust, the movie, the corporation, was incorporated by Alec Baldwin. He was the director, producer, funder. He's the guy. It all stops with him. Buck stops with him. Now, Even if he hadn't shot the director in the face with the gun and somebody else had, he would likely still be standing responsibility for it on some level because it was his movie set. His company hired the security. His company hired the armorer. His company conceivably paid the workers that the armorer uh, hired. So it's all under his umbrella. And yes, he would bear a degree of responsibility even if he hadn't fired the firearm. But he fired the firearm at point-blank range at the director's face, and she died. He's not being charged with first-degree murder. There's no premeditation being implied here. He's not being charged with second-degree murder. He's not even being charged with manslaughter. He's being charged with involuntary manslaughter, which is about as low on the rung of responsibility you can get here, but still saying, you pulled the trigger. You killed a human being. To say it's a miscarriage of justice is laughable for this big reason. Him being responsible for his actions, that's not a miscarriage of justice. The miscarriage of justice is that in the Hutchins household, there is no more mom. There is no more wife. And for that movie set, there is no more director. And involuntarily, Alec Baldwin did the act that took that life. Don't call it a miscarriage of justice. If you don't have something sensitive to say, then just come out and say, we're making no comment. I'm Kevin McCullough. I'm making comments. Coming right back. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough welcome back my next guest is someone that uh, i have just immense respect for because she just does all kinds of things and does them really well you may know her face from the cover of magazines but you you know the the good stuff that she's done and is doing because she's here with a great announcement uh, for us tonight ladies and gentlemen please welcome elizabeth pipko Grateful that you could be here. Uh, you're you're coming to us live from Palm Beach, I see.
2: I am, yes. Unfortunately, I'm missing out on some very, very cold weather up north.
0: <laughs> yeah, you say that with such a with such a sour look on your face.
2: <laughs> I'm re- I'm really really sad about it.
0: So t- t- let's talk about that for a second because I've got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to cover. But um, the the whole mass migration to Florida. Uh, particularly from New York City, which you were formerly a resident of. I don't know. You may still have a home here. You're, you're one of those rich and powerful people, not like me. Um, but <laughs> w- what was it? What was it about Florida that drew so many people there in the last year?
2: I'd say it was definitely a bunch of things for me. I think what I saw the most was a very strange change in people's demeanors. There was, you know, a conversation I'd have with someone in New York because I was flying back and forth a lot. And I'd have you know, relatively the same conversation three days later in Florida with, let's say, a neighbor or someone that, you know, I don't know very well. And it went from someone who, let's say, senses impending doom to someone who knows that everything's going to be okay. I think that's the simplest way to put it. People were smiling here. They were kind of aware that we were amidst the pandemic, but they were very aware that things could get better and that they were, I guess, living through it in the best way possible. Whereas those in New York, um even those that were not affected by it, I know many people were, but even those that were not seem to want to stay, to kind of be a part of say a very negative environment and for many it just it wasn't worth their mental health and I completely understand that.
0: Yeah, you you can tell my mental health is shot and I'm angrier than everything uh, all the time now. No, I'm not. I'm I'm okay and we're finding a way to to muddle through, but it is a phenomenon. I don't think in my short lifetime i've seen a mass migration from really a whole bunch of different areas all to one place uh the way and and i just i i lost friends there were dozens of you (laughs) that that just packed up and left and like you know the city's a little bit different now and uh you know we're we're finding out some some good things that maybe we can do to help bring that back uh the mayor of all people was down at the border at southern texas yesterday Mm -hmm. and he came back wide open wide eyes open and saying Mr. President, help us on this. We get we got to get, uh, we got to get a handle on what's going on down there. And he, he has the right to say that his city is the one that's being impacted by it. But anyway, it's great to have you friend. Now, the last time you were with me, you were on my other show and you had, you had gone through like a whole bunch of life changes. You got married. Yeah, I know guys, she's off the market. Sorry. Uh, but you, you, you've, you've gone into them. Uh, you have gone into like political activism a little bit but then you'd come out you were you were doing some health food stuff I think and then and then you were like out of modeling but now you're back in what where is Elizabeth Pipco these days and what is she what is she staking her hat on?
2: I'd say for the first time in a very long time Elizabeth Pipco is everywhere which is <laughs> a phenomenal feeling. Um, there was like a good few years where I felt like I was I was being very limited. I was only kind of entering into industries that I felt I might be accepted in or I felt might work well with other things I was doing. And then I kind of realized life is incredibly short. I will only be in my 20s for so much longer. And I should kind of tackle everything that I can get my hands on that people will, you know, let me be a part of. So that's what I'm doing. I'm back modeling. It's actually been a really, really successful last year or two for me. So that's exciting. Um, I went to graduate school, which I'm almost done with. Um, I'm still doing the activism. I will always have, you know, what I believe in and I will always stand up for it. And luckily, I have a lot of opportunities to do that. So I don't plan to stop. Um, but I think it's just opening every single door that's in front of me and hopefully inspiring some of the people to yeah. do the same thing.
0: Well, see, she's smart and beautiful. That's that's why we like Elizabeth Pipco around here. Graduate school. What is your major? I mean, what is what is your focus and what do you want to do with it?
2: Um, So luckily, I don't know what I want to do with it yet, but I have some time. Um, I'm at the University of Pennsylvania right now um, at the School of Social Policy and Practice. And I'm focusing on right now, NGO and nonprofit leadership, which I do have some experience in, but I figured if I actually wanted to change the world, I should know as much as I can possibly know before I get back into it. So I'm really excited for that. And I should be done in three months.
0: What was your nonprofit experience? Because you've got a new thing that we're going to talk about in the next segment, but what was the stuff you'd been involved in prior?
2: So there's actually a few things that people did not know that I was doing. I have volunteered in the nonprofit space for probably over a decade now. I went through a very hard time when I was a teenager and someone recommended going to a soup kitchen and volunteering. And I basically fell in love with the nonprofit world and giving back and kind of realized what life was all about in that moment. And it made me feel a lot better selfishly, but I also got to learn what it feels like to make other people feel better. So I've stayed in the nonprofit world since then volunteering on and off for years and years, Yeah. but I also ran um, a nonprofit for about three years before the election, which was half a nonprofit and half a political organization. It, was basically focused on fighting anti-semitism and growing support for the state of Israel in the United States and supporting leaders that want to do the same. I kind of realized in that moment that mixing two things that meant a lot to me, um, like religion and Judaism and fighting anti-semitism with politics was a very, I'd say toxic mix. And I think for a lot of people, they thought I was in it for the wrong reasons. And I almost don't blame them because so many people are when it comes to the political world. but. I realized for me right now, I want to focus on fighting anti-Semitism, promoting, you know, being a religious person, being a spiritual person, whatever that means to people, because it's brought so much to my life and hopefully incorporating politics down the road. But right now, just kind of focusing on the healthy version of that.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you want to know more about her journey, particularly with her uh, faith life, uh, she's written a great book about this. And we've talked about that uh, on the air in the past. Uh, Elizabeth Pipko model Uh so to explain something to the uh, the dunderbrain here um th- there's all these models uh, f- f- um, labels that are passed around and there's runway and there's uh print and there's you know hand and there's face and there's uh there's super what wh- who gets to decide who gets the label I don't understand how that works <laughs> I never have Um
2: honestly I think it's a little mix of deciding what you want to be and hoping that the industry agrees with you. Um, <laughs> when it comes to runway, I think that's the easiest one to explain. If you're not, you know, five, nine or taller, and unfortunately about a hundred pounds, you will most likely not be on a runway. Um, I've done a bit of runway modeling, but learned very early on that I was not tall enough for any of that. Um, there's a lot of other modeling I'd say you have to kind of work your way into, but there is a way to do that. Whereas yeah. the runway, there's, you know, there's some limitations. I'm five, eight. So I'm like right at the cutoff, but I know there are people out there that are more meant for that world than me. And I definitely accept that.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, Elizabeth Pipco, uh, very, very busy in a lot of different areas. We're going to talk a little bit about your big announcement when we come back, but in this last minute, before we go to break, what's your hottest, uh, new project? What's, uh, b- besides the, the announcement, what else is you got movies, you got books, what's going on?
2: All right. That's a, big, that's a good question. Um, I really don't even know. I'd say I'm hoping to put out a second book in the next year or so that's still in the works. I have a few different ideas, so I would hope that that worked out. I'd say graduate school and modeling and just waking up with a smile on my face is the current project I'm working on.
0: That's that's good. And you you should follow her on her social, by the way. She, she was talking about the... Uh the nonprofit work that she does uh, participating in this beautiful thing called the Christmas feast or something about that. I'll have you explain that when we get back. Um, right. But we're visiting with Elizabeth Pipco. Uh, she's in Palm beach. I'm Kevin McCullough. It's the first night of that Kevin show. And we couldn't be happier than to have you with us and to have our special guest, Elizabeth Pipco coming right back from New York. Ready or not. you will be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. It's Kevin McCullough for your Saturday night. We couldn't, uh, or Sunday night, whenever you're getting this. It's uh, carried multiple times, I know. Uh, but we're glad to have you with us and glad to be launching the That Kevin Show. Oop, my bride said, say, she, she, Elizabeth, you, you... you probably did better in grammar than i did my bride she's been driving me nuts the last three weeks she's like you can't call it the that kevin show it's just <laughs> that kevin show you're going to drive people crazy if you keep calling it the that kevin show so yes okay i've already blown it second time tonight minimum uh elizabeth pipko uh supermodel i get to make the label so that's what i call you um she's here with us tonight and we were talking about your work uh in the nonprofit space. Um, And you told me when we booked you that you have kind of an exciting new thing in the works, and it is in keeping with what you were talking about in the last segment in terms of your new focus and emphasis. What's going on?
2: Yeah, so long story short, um, a few years ago, people kind of realized that I'd say our leaders are not always going to be there, our elected leaders, when we need
0: them. No, you're not. What?
2: (laughs) Shocking, I know. But (laughs) I think it was less about watching people realize that and then more about watching people actually take life into their own hands. So. Um, I assume you remember during the pandemic, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, of all people, started the Barstool Fund um, after businesses were just, I mean, closing left and right. People were really, really suffering. And unfortunately, people that were elected to help us were not doing anything, shockingly. So of all people, Dave Portnoy created something and gave back and saved many of those businesses. Countless people were saved, not just their businesses, but probably their lives, honestly. And I think... People like that have inspired me a lot lately to just take advantage of being an innovative person and the resources that I might have and try to make the world a tiny bit of a better place. And a few months ago, I was having a conversation with a few girls about 10 years younger than me. They were teenagers who were very excited to talk to me and impress me with all their knowledge of the world. And when the Holocaust, of all things, came up, I realized that they actually had No idea what I was talking about. So two out of six girls knew of the Holocaust, but that was it. The rest actually had never heard of it. Or at least told me they'd never heard of it because they could not remember in the moment. And that was when I had kind of an aha moment that this is my my chance to attempt to make the world a little bit of a better place and fix this failure that I don't want to place on, you know, just our elected officials. But there's clearly a failure in the school system um, by us to not the younger generation very aware of this painful history that we can hopefully learn from. Otherwise, we are probably doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. So to make a long story very short, because it's taken me months, honestly, to understand what I've put together here. But the goal was really to utilize the centralized technology to try to make this digital platform that anyone anywhere in the world can try to be a part of if they want to kind of be a part of this world with me and uh, help to, I'd say, modernize uh, Holocaust education. That's how I've heard it be described. And I'm very excited to see what happens. We launched this week, um, a few days before Holocaust Remembrance Day, trying to kind of motivate people to get a head start on this. And hopefully, if there's you know a grandmother out there, or someone out there who wants to make sure that before they're gone, their grandson or niece or whoever it is wants, you know, to be able to learn about this and to hopefully let the memory live on, the history live on, preserve that history and make sure everyone learns from it. Uh, this platform can be that uh, tool for them.
0: Uh, one of the most, if not the most, moving thing that you can do when you visit Israel is to go to the Holocaust Museum. And the f- four times I've been there, I've been there every time, and it uh, continually just—I um, don't know—re-stimulates uh, that urgency and that importance. When you hear global leaders talking about it and saying it never happened, and and all of the all of the garbage that is just put out there, Elizabeth, I'm so. Proud of you for doing this. It is so important. And you're right. Young people, we, we're not we're not teaching even basic Western civilization history in school anymore, much less global history and getting it right. And uh, I, I think there's a huge need for this. So what do you call it? Where do people go to be part of it? How do they how do they log on? Where where do where do we find it?
2: Yeah, so it's called the Less People Forget Project. You can go to lest Um, I think we all saw what happened last year with um, a semi-famous man named Kanye West. So thanks to him, you can also go to educatekanye.com. It'll redirect you to the same project. Um, There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of ways to get involved for anyone, no matter what their background is in technology and what they understand. There's something for everyone. So you can log on there, go to the Get Involved page, and it'll tell you everything you need to know.
0: Lest we forget. Lest people forget. Lest people forget. Lest people forget. All right, Elizabeth Pipko, almost out of time. I know you're a gun girl. What's your favorite firearm to shoot personally?
2: I am not the strongest upper body wise. So I literally cannot shoot a handgun unless it's a 22, which limits limits my options quite a bit and gets me made fun of a lot of the gun rage. Isn't it um, hard
0: to conceal carry the AR-15 under the...
2: It is, but that's the only gun that does not hurt my arms when I shoot it, so...
0: Elizabeth Pipco, you are the best. Thank you for being here. We will talk to you again soon.
2: Thank you so much, and congrats on the new show.
0: Thank you. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Now, back to that Kevin show, with Kevin McCullough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the dry bar comedy stage we go, where a zero drink minimum is in effect. And tonight's comedic artistry comes from Kevin Jordan, the world's funniest cop.
3: I just
1: got married. Six months in, going pretty good. My wife is a retired. Homicide detective, true story. She's a detective, uh, a uh, lieutenant homicide detective. My wife has a unique way of making me do things that I don't want to do. Like, I won't wash dishes. Ain't never wash no dishes, ain't never gonna wash no dishes. That's my thing, I ain't washing no dishes. My wife likes to watch a show called Dateline. You ever seen this show? It's always about a murder, usually a spouse, you know? And they show how the police solved the murder. She likes to watch that show with me and then at the end of the show, she always go, you know what they did wrong on that show, right? When you bury a body, she put cement over the body. That way the dogs can't smell the body. And you always leave your phone off or leave it at home because when you drive with your phone, the GPS on the towers leaves a ping trail. That's how I would have done it. you going to get them dishes done? (laughs) My wife has two guns. She's a detective. She has a two inch, five shot Smith and Wesson and she has a Beretta. Locked in a case. When she moved into my house, she hid the guns. I said to her, where'd you put the guns? She goes, you do not need to know. I can't even have a simple argument with my wife, I can't. You know, one day we were watching the game. She goes, man, the Lakers look good. I go, you crazy? The Lakers stink. She goes, I'll be right back. I go, Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, I was joking. The Lakers are good, I'll, I'll do the dishes. I'll do the dishes. Let me tell you guys something about, let me tell you something about police work for a change. Let me tell you something real quick. Anybody in here ever get a speeding ticket? Yeah, really? You know why you got it? Cause you deserve it. (laughs) Right? You guys don't listen. The speed limit says 55. That's what it says. That's the limit. Oh, officer, don't they allow you five miles? No! (laughs) Where does the sign say 55? But if your favorite song come on the radio, go on take five off for yourself. (laughs) They don't say that! (laughs) 55, that's what it says on the sign. Ain't 55 with a little winky emoji on it, 55. No, it's 55. You go to the mountains, you get on the edge of the mountain, the signs say, this is your limit. You don't go, hey, let's take five more
3: steps. (laughs) And if you
1: get a ticket, just pay the ticket. Pay the ticket. Don't try to bribe the officer. I've had guys offer me cash. I had a guy offer me cocaine. That's real smart. Don't pay a $150 ticket. Go to jail for two years. How about that? That's a good trade-off. I had a person once say to me, I'll show you my breasts if you let me off the ticket. I was like, "Uh, uh, listen, no, no, sir, you don't have to do that. I just... You can leave, but no, Sometimes, let me tell you guys something about police on the inside, police work. Sometimes you'll see two officers working together. They don't always get along, you know. I've had some bad partners. I had this one partner. I hated that guy. who would do is yell at me, don't touch the log sheet, don't touch the radio. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, don't touch anything. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Then you go back and tell the captain, Jordan just sits there. He won't touch the log sheet. He won't touch anything. Officer Tucker was his name. Tucker the, well, Tucker. We'll leave it there. I just Tucker. <laughs> so one day me and Tucker get a call and we uh, make an arrest. I'm putting the guy away in the holding cell. Now, when you put a guy away in a holding cell, you take off all your weapons. take off your primary weapon, take off your secondary weapon, take off your mace, take off everything, you lock it away. That way there's no accidents when you put them away. So I'm processing the guy, there's a bang on the glass. It's Tucker. Come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. There's a 211 at Winchell's right up the street, come on. Now, for those of you who don't know, Winchell's is a donut shop in Los Angeles. If you're a criminal robbing a donut shop two blocks from a police station, pretty certain we're going to catch you. <laughs> so he's banging on the glass. Come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. So I'm like, I haven't finished processing. Come on, come on, we gotta go. So out we go, we run, jump in the cruiser. We head over there. Halfway there I realize I have no weapons on me. We get to Winchell's just as the two guys are coming out of Winchell's. We pull up, Tucker jumps out on the driver's side, pulls his weapon, prones him out. I jump out on the passenger side. I don't have anything, so I just point my finger at him. <laughs> at him. <laughs> Tucker says, hey, I'm gonna go inside to see if there's any more. You sit out here and you hold these guys
3: here.
1: (laughs) He runs in the windshields. I'm sitting. even they're looking at me like, what's going on? Hey, put your head down, put your head down. Don't look at me. Tucker comes out, looks at me. I look at him. He looks at me, he goes, you should take the safety off. (laughs) story. (laughs) I did a lot of cool things on the job. Coolest thing I ever did was deliver a baby. That's the coolest thing I ever done, you know. This woman, uh, uh, her water broke and it was cool because I got my name in the LA Times the next day and everything. But this woman, her water broke and she calls her husband to come get her and he don't show up. So she tried to drive herself to the hospital and she panicked and pulled into a 7-Eleven. Somebody saw my cruiser at a red light Uh, They ran out the street and got me, had to turn around, come back in and deliver a baby in a 7-Eleven. Got my name in the LA Times, next day, everything. Let me tell you something. You work for LAPD, they just assume you know how a baby's born. (laughs) They don't show you a video, ain't no puppet show, nothing. I ain't never seen no baby born before. I thought a baby would pop out and maybe even a blanket pop out with him, you know? (laughs) There's a lot of things that come out of there with that baby. (laughs) I thought she was having twins. <laughs> I was like, you know, uh, mm, one of them looked like you. <laughs> and the little one, you're gonna have to love him special. He ugly. I, I like, that's an ugly child. Oh my God. Oh, that's God. <laughs> Here's the best part. You'll appreciate this the most. Here's the best part. So then, when the when the EMT came and took her to the hospital, when she pulled into 7-Eleven, she pulled into a handicap slot. So I wrote car a card ticket and had it towed away.
0: And he gave her the That's ticket. Kevin McCullough, along with Kevin Jordan from the Dry Bar comedy stage, coming right back. Ready or not, you will be right back. That Kevin. serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Cabin show. Once again, from the spotlight stage, Lindsay L. 13, staring
3: in the mirror You still look so innocent, but that was all gone yesterday At 18, you'll see it a little clearer There's something Taken before you could give it all It's gonna make you question God And wonder if He even cares Cause it's so messed up, it's so wrong It's just so unfair And when you're broken past the point Of what a broken heart can take The cracks will heal but you'll always feel the break And that's what's gonna make you Twenty, It hits you like a race car It still feels like a new scar But one that you don't talk about At 25, you'll find the strength to say it And even though you can't change it There's peace in saving it See, it's not your fault And that cannon in your chest Is the little girl you lost It's gonna make you hate yourself When you didn't hate yourself at all It's gonna make you build a fortress where you Broken heart